0: You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk about rotations, um, a conversation that's come up late amongst coaches. What rotation do I go with? How do I structure rotations? What's the best rotation? Well, we're going to talk about that in this episode, so stay tuned. Hi. Hi. I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The volleyball by design podcast what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 34 of the volleyball by design podcast how you guys doing out there hope you're doing well hope you're staying warm if you're in Canada which I am in we've we've been in a cold weather uh, warning over the last week Um, but I hope hope everyone's doing well Um, if you're a new listener welcome to the pod got 33 episodes to get caught up on and if you are a regular listener thanks again for tuning in and if you have liked what you heard do me a favor I'd really appreciate a rating uh, on you know Apple or Spotify or Google uh, wherever you're listening on this uh, you know it's five stars if you feel like it's worth five stars if um, you're feeling even more uh, generous a review would be great so I can get a chance to see what you guys are thinking so you know I can put together shows that um, interest you that you want to hear so I'd appreciate any kind of review uh, of any sort, Uh, but I got a good episode for you today. Today we're going to talk about rotations. I got a lot of questions about rotations lately. Uh, You know how to set it up. What what are the best rotations? You know how do I think about rotations? So I'm, I'm hopefully um, the thing. The thing with rotations is that you can, I can talk for hours on rotations because there's so it's so you can go so in depth with it. There are a lot of intricacies with rotations, and. There's generic ones, which we'll talk about, uh, and then you could even customize according to your team. So what I, what I hope to do today is to give you some good pointers and things that I walk through when I'm thinking about rotation to kind of hopefully help get that creativity going so you can look at your team and see what is the best rotation for your team and how to structure it according to your team. That's the great thing about rotations is there's no right or wrong answer. You just have to be aware of how to structure it for your, for your team. Okay. Um, and that's, that's really about it. So anyways, uh, what I want to do is, um, before I start, are you on clubhouse yet? I've met, I've, if you've followed me on Instagram, I've been talking about this app called clubhouse. It is a phenomenal app and really quickly, if you don't know what it is, you know how Instagram and Facebook and TikTok they're all images and video based apps. So that you could post a picture, you can post a video, and all that stuff. You can scroll through your Explorer page and see different images and videos, right? Well, Clubhouse is strictly audio-based. It's just audio. So instead of scrolling through images and videos, you're scrolling through rooms that you can enter. And the cool thing about these rooms that you can enter is you could just enter a room and listen in on some amazing conversation, like in the business world, there's all these rooms talking about like investing and, um, you know, growing businesses and stuff like that. And just listening to these uh, professionals and people in the industry talk and give their opinion on things. It's like, it's amazing. Now, for volleyball players and coaches, um, I host rooms all the time where I'm just talking volleyball. So if you jumped in a room, if you follow me on Clubhouse, you'll be notified when I start rooms. And my handle is really simple, which is Brian Singh. And it's the same picture I use for everything for my podcast. Uh, if you listen in on a room and I'm just I'm just talking, you can ask me questions too, like live. You could, you know, raise your hand and ask me questions and I'll talk about it. So it's a really and there's all there's coaches in there that, you know, are also talking about different things. So it's a really cool thing. And it's just audio. You don't have to worry about how you look, you don't have to worry about this and you could come out whenever you want. You could listen to it on, on in like driving to work or whatever the case. It's really, I don't know. I I, I think it's gonna revolutionize uh, the way well, well I don't want to say revolutionize, but it's the next best app up and coming. I think it was valued at like a billion dollars recently. Like just last year at this time, I think the app only had like 1500 users. Now it's well over a million. Uh, I want to say it's more than a million, but anyways. If you haven't got on Clubhouse yet, get on it. It's really good. Okay, so I've been talking for a while on Clubhouse. Let's let's talk about rotations, okay? So the first thing that I do when I'm looking at rotations is I need to organize my players, and the way I organize them is I want to figure out who's going to be my left sides, who are ideally going to be my middles. You know, my setter, my opposite, my right side hitter, and then potentially libero's. So I have my my entire roster. And I go by uh, position. So left sides, I I figure out who are my best passers. Let's just start with that. So who are my best passers on the team? So I list the players that are the best passers. Then out of those players that are the best passers, who are the best hitters? And for the left side position, you want the combination of the best passers and the best hitters. That's going to be your left side. Now whoever is left... Chances are that's going to be your libero, right? You're the better, the best passer, who's not necessarily the best offensive player. Now, sometimes at the younger age group, you may have a tough time differentiating um, this this fact of libero and outside, because outsides can left sides can generally be good liberos for you as well. So that's a good problem to have if you have too many of those. So that's how you structure the left side. Now your opposite. Is your best offensive player who is not one of your top passers. So if I'm going down my list and I have, okay, I look at, you know, my who are my best attackers. So who's best offensively, who are the best passers? I take the best passers and best hitters, that's the combination, and I make them my left sides. Whoever is left, that's the best hitter, but not necessarily the best passer, they're your opposite. And then whoever is left is your libero in theory for going by passing. And then we start talking about middles. Now with middles, like, and the reason I I go to middles is because setting is pretty straightforward. Like, whoever has hands sets, there's not really much you can do with setting. Like, whoever has the best hands, best location, like that's that's going to be your setter, right? It's not like we're having. You know who your setters are. I don't. I I can do an entire episode on how to um, look at look for setters, but I mean, I'm going to assume you can choose your setter out of a a bunch of players because it's not it's not very many of them that normally try out for a team. If you had 20 setters trying out for a team. Please, that's you are that you won the lottery there. I'll tell you that when it comes to volleyball. Uh, so the next will be your middles. Now the middles are the tougher ones because you know don't run into the don't run into the idea that your tallest player has to be your middle. Don't do that. Don't say oh you're you're the tallest player in the gym. You are automatically your middle. And the reason I say that is what if that player is your best passer and hitter combo? Then they're not going to be your middle. They're going to be your left side and they're going to be a really good left side if they're the tallest player on the team as well. So, don't run into the the I don't want to say the habit, but the what's that word? The not the myth, but this I don't know, this ideal that your tallest players are your middles. Now, it's true, generally speaking the middles are tall players. Yeah, absolutely. But don't let that steer you away from making them a left side if they have the ability to play left side. So, you look for your middles. Your middles are going to be the ones that, I don't want to say left over, but between the opposite and the middle, you're going to look there to see, okay, who are your best offensive players that aren't good passers, right? So that kind of goes into the opposite category. And out of that opposite category, you're going to select who are your best offensive players that can put the ball away from the pins. So you can try them all out there. And then who are your best blockers? Who is who? Are your, the, the, uh, the player that has the ability to move laterally? The fastest and the other thing and the caveat I think this is probably the most important part is and this is why middles are tall is middles have to have the ability to block the quick attack very fast and that's why middles are tall because it's normally just like a a quick small jump or even a little hop to block the middle quick because then you could potentially have time to get outside or right you know to the pins if you need to if you uh, if they went into a different direction so don't like that's why middles are taller because they because if you're a smaller middle, then what's gonna happen is you're gonna have to jump a lot to get to block that quick attack that 51 and if you've you, you don't have time to come back on the ground and do anything else. It's just not gonna happen. But if you're taller, you could jump, come down, and then potentially go and cover uh a, for a tip or whatever the case is. So that's you know that's that's something that you gotta be aware of, okay. And that's really how you organize your players, okay? And that's how you decide who's going to play what position. Now, in terms of rotation, now I'm sure you listening to this, all of you guys probably know the rules of rotation, so I'm not going to go over them, but just, I just want you to be aware that, you know, always know... The players have to know this as well. Always know the responsibility. Like, you know, like for example, the player in position one has to be behind the player in position two and to the right of the player in position six. So just make sure you know these rules really well. And that's how you can manipulate the rules too. Like, for example, if you know the player in position five has to be behind the player in position four and to the left of the player in position six, right? It doesn't, they, it doesn't say there that the player in position five has any relation to the player in position three. So that's how you start thinking about ways you can manipulate the rotation because of certain, certain players don't have to they don't have rules relative to other players. And that's when you can start overlapping and having fun. So here's a couple of rule of thumbs that I like to go by when I'm doing my rotation. First thing is, is I've, I've made my players, I've selected who's going to play what, um, I wanna make sure that my players have the ability to jam their hitting lanes. So what I mean by that is when my players pass, they're now gonna have the ability to run their correct hitting lane. So the left side is gonna be able to run the left side hitting lane, the middle is gonna be able to run the middle hitting lane, the pipe will be able to run the backcourt hitting lane, and then the right side, your opposite hitter, will be able to run their hitting lane. So there's four hitting lanes that it always has to be able to be ran, okay? If you find that in your rotation, so when you go through all six of your rotations, you don't have all four hitting lanes being jammed, and when I say jammed, I mean the player's actually being able to approach in those hitting lanes, then you have a problem. And you have to readjust your your rotation accordingly, okay? Now, normally um so that's that's again that's i guess, I guess that's rule number two because the first one was organizing players second one is making sure they can all hit their hitting lanes then you have to decide how many passers are you going to be using are you going to be using three passers which is the most common one or are you going to be using four passers or are you going to be using two passers by the way i've used two passers and in, in our on our college team uh, it was my my very first year, yeah, my very first year coaching, halfway through the season, I switched to two passers because three pastors is, just... when you have one player who is really, really struggling in the past and they're more weak, it actually hurts you. You're actually losing by having three passers because they can just pick on that one passer. They can run, they can serve those seams and then it just creates confusion as opposed to having two really good passers. Like two really good passers and one bad passer I would be, I'd go I just pass the two players now if you're really young don't worry about it because there's no way two passers can pass the entire court if you're really young but you know 17 u 18 u college it, it could it could work and I've seen it work even at the pros I've seen it happen so the uh, the one thing the caveat I would think about um, is when you think about three or four passers remember that you have seams to worry about. Okay. Now, if you don't know what a seam is, go on my Instagram. I talk about seams all the time. But basically, the seam there are generally if you have three passers. Now, if you're driving, you know, focus on the road. But if you're not driving, and close your eyes, and you can visualize this. But when you have three passers, the passer in position five, they have space between the left side of their body and the sideline. Then there's a space between the player in position five and the player in position six, okay? So that's two seams. Then the player in position six and the player in position one, there's a space between there, that's three seams. And then the player in position one and the sideline, that's another seam. So the seam is just the area between each of the passers, okay? And the end line. So four seams is a good amount of seams. Three passers can cover that. Now, the minute you have four passers, now you've added more seams You've, yes, just because you have like sometimes more doesn't mean good. Like sometimes four passers may be confusing because now you'll have balls that are going to be jamming seams and it's going to be harder to communicate whose ball it is. So just be aware of that. Now again, you may consider this for younger younger teams maybe, but even even I'll tell you, even when I coach like when I used to coach grade 7 8, like that young, I don't know what, what age group is that, 13U, 12U, 13U, I never had four passers. I always ran a three. That's just that's just my opinion. Uh, but again, Whatever works for your teams, you have to play with it and see if it works. Okay. Now that you've decided if you're going with a three-passing system or a four-passing system, well, where are you going to start your players? Like, so you have six players on the court. Well, where are your left side starting? Where are your, where is your opposite starting? Where is your uh, middle starting, and so forth? So, I'm going to tell you what I like, how I like to start my rotations, and then. That's all I'll say with that because I can't, I, I literally can't go through every rotation on a podcast because one, it's going to be confusing, and two, it's going to take me way too long to explain it. But the way I start my rotation normally is my left sides are in position three and six. Okay, so my left sides start in position three and six, my middles start in position four and one. So remember, they're opposite of each other, right? So left sides are opposite of each other in, in, uh, in three and six. And middles are opposite of each other. Uh, your, my M1, my starting middle is in position four. And my other middle is in position one. Your setter, my setter starts in position two. Therefore, the right side starts in position five. Okay? Really straightforward. And then when libero comes in, libero comes in for the middle backcourt. So the libero will start in position one for that middle. That's how I start. And the reason, I and without getting into too much detail, uh, the reason I, I like to start that way is because I like, I want my left side passing in a strong rotation to be able to swing outside, and I want my middle, who is my, and if you know anything about me, and I've talked about this in my offensive workshop, if you guys caught it, is your offense revolves predominantly around your middle. And that's why my middle is starting in the front row in position four, so we can maximize three rotations before they go back row and your middle, your M1 is going to be your best middle starting in the front row, okay? Now, this is this is general, this is a, a general way I start my rotation. Things may change depending on the team I play. Now, if I know I'm playing against a team who I think I want to start with the setter back row first or the setter in this in position instead of two position three, I make those decisions based on the team that we play because maybe we have a different matchup that we want to exploit early, and that's why we start our game in that rotation, like first. Okay, so things you have to think about, but the general rule of thumb is when it, when I talked about it, left sides, uh, three and six middles four and one, uh, and then setters in two, and the opposite slash right side is in position five. Okay. So that's a little general way of doing it for you. Now we can talk about the different types of ro- notice. I haven't even met, look, I've been talking for about what, 17 minutes or so here. And we haven't talked about five, one, six, two, four, two, all these crazy things, right? Cause you got to think about how you're going to organize your rotations before you even decide what's the best system for you. Five, one, six, two, four, two, and so forth. There's lots of rotations. Now. The 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 main rotations is a five-one system, a six-two system, or a four-two system. Okay, a four-two system just means you have two setters and four hitters. Okay, always. So always you have, and it's always normally depending on how you're running it. Normally the setter, if that, the younger age group, the setters front row, and the hitters you just normally have your all the other players are hitters. Like you have four hitters. And then the other setter, when the other setter comes around to front row, the other setter is, again, just a passer. They're not really a hitter. Then you have 6-2, which means two setters and six hitters. So everybody on the court, in theory, is six hitters. So everyone gets a chance to hit because when one setter goes front row, they become a hitter. And vice versa, when the other setter comes around front row, they become a hitter. So two setters... Six hitters, that's where, that's where they can, some, some coaches get confused, they're like, what do you mean? I thought there's only six players on the court. How can there be two setters and six setters? It's just because when one setter goes front row, they become a hitter. And then we have the five one. And the five one, the most popular type of rotation is when you have one setter and five hitters. Okay, so in your rotation, you're just gonna have one setter that sets for every single rotation. With six two, you have one setter that sets for three rotations, and that's when they're back row. And then the, when the other setter goes back row, they set for three rotations, okay? And I always get the question, coach, which one do I choose, 5-1 or 6-2? Which one? And to be quite honest, this is, this is what I would say. There's a reason 5-1 is popular, and it's because when you run a 6-2, here's what you got to think about. You Your setters, you have two setters that are playing, Okay. So that means you have two different, I wouldn't say different styles of offense, but you're going to have two different types of setters. Yes, they may run to the same tempo ball in theory, but every no setter is the exact same. No setter is similar. Every setter is different in a way. And you also have to remember that when that setter goes front row, they now become your opposite. And your opposite is supposed to be your best offensive player, the player that can put the ball away. So your setter has to be a really talented setter and a really talented hitter. Now, I will tell you why I like 5-1. I like 5-1 is because when you have a set, the setter is your quarterback. They, you want the, the person that is responsible for delivering the balls to your hitters to be the absolute best. They need to be the best setter, period. So if you have two setters, what normally happens is you're always going to have one setter that is better than the other. It is very, very rare, but I've seen it. UCLA, a couple years ago with Mike Omaha when he played right side, and I can't remember the other setter's name. I'm really sorry, but there was two setters. They ran a 6-2, and it worked. But it is very rare to find two setters that are equally as talented, meaning when you make the setter switch, you're not losing anything. You're not giving up a strong setter. You're, you're. It's the exact same. And... Likewise, you're not giving up a good hitter. They're they're equally as deadly on the opposite as the other. Now, that's rare to find. It's rare to find that, and that's what happens. Normally, what I see, and the, the mistake I see all the time, is when teams run a 6-2, the minute a new setter comes to the front row, hitters have to get adjusted to that new setter. And now it becomes a little more complicated. And the setter the, the setting may be different. It may not be the same as the other setter. And generally speaking, you know, you'll have one hitter that likes this setter better than the other setter. And it gets- it just gets really confusing. And for me, I want my best setter handling the ball, period. If if I have a setter who's better than another setter, they're setting. That's just it's just simple as that. They are setting the ball. I want my best setter to deliver the ball to all players at all times. I don't want to give that up. Can you imagine in football if you know the first two downs we have one quarterback and the and then the next two downs we have another quarterback? I mean, why? Now that's probably a bad example because you know the other quarterback will come off the field, but like it's like the other quarterback maybe becoming a receiver. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not a wide receiver, and then we switch, and it just I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. So that is that is why uh, I I I lean on five one now again. This is my opinion, right? My mentor, John Sparrow, ran a 6-2 with, at UCLA a couple years ago, and it worked great because he, again, there was, they, he didn't lose anything because Micah, I mean, for those of you that don't know Micah Maha, Micah Maha, is a, he can play any position. He, he, he In fact, he played left side in the state championship, in the national championship. Sorry, not state, the national championship uh, with UCLA. So, I mean, you know, there are there's, there's certain exceptions. So that's my take on rotations, on what to do and how to break it down. All right. Um, this episode isn't about where players should go on each rotation. That is something that there are lots of, you can, I mean, look, you can look it up like DVA members. If you're a digital volleyball Academy member listening to this, you guys have all this inside the membership. You can go and look and look at how I set it up and I show you all the diagrams. I draw you through it. But if you're not a digital volleyball Academy member, that's okay. You just Google it. I know it may be a bit confusing because you're probably going to find a million different answers and ways of doing it, but it'll put you on the right path. So make sure you look it up. And basically all it's going you you to, once you to determine if you're going to go 5-1-6-2 and 4-2, uh, you'll have a good idea of you know how you're going to structure. Like once you find out how it is, it's just really simple. It's just making sure that you know the rules of rotation. And if you, do, if you follow the way that I told you earlier, having the left side start in the middle and the middle start opposite on the on, on the ends and stuff like that, all you have to remember is to make sure that all four lanes have to be jammed. So when you're, and, and oh, I, I forgot about this. This is an also important point is your three passers, assuming you're using a three passing system are your left sides, just to just want to make sure that. So that's why you organize left sides by the combination of best passers and hitters. So what your left sides are always going to drop back to pass. So you're going to have two left sides passing always and one libero passing or middle if you're a younger age group that can't have a libero. So that's your system. Now you can modify it and have the right side pass. You can in certain rotations if you feel comfortable, but generally that's how it works. Now there may be a rotation where you like the right side passing instead of the left side passing. This is where coaching comes in. So you have to sit down and you have to walk through every rotation. You have to draw it out. Every single rotation, draw it out and ask yourself, Is are, are these the best passers? Is this the best way to set up to make sure all of my hitters jam their lanes? And if it is, check mark, move on to the next rotation. And knowing the rules will help you do that. Knowing that, okay, this player needs to overlap with this player Understanding who can and who can't will help you in this. All right. This is where I, 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 I mean, I sound like a broken record, but this is where having a mentor really helps because, um, like if you're a digital volleyball Academy member, you have me to walk you through this. So I can look at your rotations and tell you, here's what I recommend. So if you're a coach out there and you have a this is why I say, find a mentor, a mentor that can guide and you can feed off of, because these are the conversations you want to have. So we can isolate, you know, what, what the best way for you and your team is because every team is different. Every single team is different. Don't, you're, you may YouTube and Google something and they'll tell you to do something and then I guarantee you'll find 10 different other coaches telling you to do something else. And it's because every coach is different. But what you have to do is do what's best for your team. And this is where high level coaching comes in because you know high level coaching will work with you and figure out what is best for your team if you don't know how to do it. If you know how to do it yourself, great. That's what you do. You sit down, you map out all six rotations and you figure out what's the best rotation for your team that's gonna maximize passing, and offensive capabilities of jamming all four hitting lanes. You do that, you got yourself a great rotational offense. And that's it. Okay. Um, uh, one other thing, I guess I'll, I guess I'll add. Rotation is different than defense. Just a heads up for those of you that that think differently. <laughs> Our rotation is serve receive. When you when we when we say rotation, we're talking strictly serve receive. Defense, like perimeter defense, aka six back defense or six up defense or rotational defense, trap defense, all that stuff. Not that's talking about rallying. This is rotation is serve receive only. Okay, so that's it for me in terms of understanding how to look at rotation. I hope you got some value out of it. So a couple things: Clubhouse, get on it. If you don't know, reach out to me on Instagram. If you if you're unsure about how to use Clubhouse or how to get on it, reach out to me on Instagram. You can find me at uh, at Brian Singh underscore Coach B. That's my Instagram handle. Reach out. I'll 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 definitely let, uh, let you know what's going on with that. Um, but if you're on Clubhouse already, give me a follow so you can get, so you're notified when I'm starting in rooms or when I'm talking in rooms, and you can jump on and listen to the conversation that's happening. Because there's some good conversations that are happening. I'll tell you that. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and that's about it. All right. Um, I think we're gonna call it a day. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, rate and subscribe. Please and thank you. I appreciate it if you do that. That will help me out a lot. And if you um, Oh, I'll finish off with this. I'm sorry. I'll finish off with this. If you want a mentor like in me, if you want to join Digital Volleyball Academy, okay? Sign up for the waitlist. Go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Or, uh, digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Sign up for the waitlist. When doors open, I'll get you in. Okay? You'll be first to be notified. I mean, and if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you'll, actually, you may not see that. No, I'll email you. You'll, you'll get an email. Yeah, because sometimes I do private invites. Um, so just, anyways, just make sure you're on my, you're on the waiting list, so you can get notified when I open doors. So you get access to all the stuff we talked about today, and oh, a ton of more in addition to my coaching and my mentorship. Um, so if you like me as a mentor, or you want access to my stuff, sign up for Digital Volleyball Academy, join the wait list, and I'll let you know when doors are opening. All right, okay, I'm gonna let you go now. That's it for me. All right, guys, take care. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right.